Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome. It is Friday night, and you know what that means. Uh, well, actually, this week it means something a whole lot more. We're like, there, we reached kind of Christmas because uh, it kind of starts tomorrow if you're doing some last-minute shopping or just you got the family home and friends and all the rest. So we're, we hit it. We're the holidays. I hope you're actually home already and you're watching this show because, boy, do I have a gift for you. I have a lot. I have a lot to bring you tonight, um, including Christmas Crooks. That's coming up in just a minute. But this is the countdown time, right? And there's a countdown that's on to Epstein's little black book. And so some people might be going into Christmas a little apprehensive that it's their last Christmas without, like, hell on wheels coming their way because their name's about to be exposed as one of Epstein's little black book, you know, members. What, but it might not be so bad, right? He, the guy did great things as well as the awful, and so there may be connections to the great, like all the charity stuff, all the stuff he tried to make himself look better by doing but there were a lot of people who probably sidled up to him thinking, this is great. He's going to give to my charity. He's going to give to my cause. He was part of Manhattan's like high society. So what will it mean if you're in the book? Who's about to get wrecked? Um, we have a preview. And uh, not only that, we've got some legal implications for Glenn Maxwell. Might this actually be horrible for her, even though she's been tried and sentenced? That's coming up. And then... I got this great interview coming your way. If you have seen any of the documentaries or the film adaptations or anything else about Gypsy Rose Blanchard, she is about to be a free woman in six days. She gets out next week. And you may think of her as this little girl suffering in a hospital bed from, you know, name the ailment. Just name the ailment because there are myriad. But it was Munchausen by proxy by most accounts. Mom making her sick for the attention, the accolades, and the gifts. Until she killed her mom. Oh, that hurts, right? It, she and her boyfriend killed her mom. It's not in dispute. She went to prison. But her sentence was 10 years. She's getting out after serving 85% of it, and that means Thursday. What's her life going to be like? Well, it'd be the first time she's ever living on her own without being controlled by either a mother or a prison. So her stepmom is going to be live on the program tonight because they're about to welcome her with open arms. And uh, have, they got a little insight as to what this not young woman, now, you know, kind of heading to middle-aged woman, what her life is, is going to be like at age 32. All right, and then also I want to show you a graph. I'm going to pop it up on the screen. It's kind of like a Rorschach thing. I want to get your first impression. What is it? What is that graph, that big bulb uh, in the middle? 
So if you can guess by the picture beside it, it is the graph of serial killers throughout the ages. Like see the spike in the 80s? Holy Dinah. Boy, did we have a lot of serial killers in America in the 80s. But look at us now. We have plunged down. Now, everybody would look at this and say, well, that is just great news. Except my guest tonight. How could this graph not be good news? You are about to hear it. And please, for the life of me, don't miss it. Okay, let's start here. Uh, it is three nights before Christmas, and Santa is not the only one making lists and checking them twice. We, we all are, and I have mine. Actually, over here I've got a, a judge's order. Um, it's a judge's order to unseal a list, actually, and it's a list that I really can't wait to see because it sounds like there's going to be plenty of naughty and maybe much worse than that, but we really won't know till we see it, which we will soon. It's Jeffrey Epstein's little black book, and come New Year's Day, it's due to be released for the public for the first time. So if you don't know, because, you know, sleeping under rock, uh, he's the guy who went from private island parties with presidents and princes to a jail cell with a noose around his neck. Uh, he went into jail because he was uh, about to be tried for trafficking underage girls for sex, but he didn't go to trial because he chose instead to die by suicide, which, well, that's disputed. That's not the topic for tonight. We can have that discussion another night, and I welcome it. But um, it undoubtedly came as a relief that he died to a lot of his powerful friends and associates and the hangers-on, whose names would very likely have come out in court. And then he died, and they thought, whew, now no one, well, <laughs> no, sorry, because a federal judge in New York has just ordered a stack of documents related to Epstein to be unsealed, including the names of almost 180 people who knew Jeffrey Epstein or dealt with Jeffrey Epstein in all walks of his life, social, business, otherwise. And it's all supposed to be coming into the public uh, domain unless somebody files an appeal in the next couple of days. So whose names are on it? Was Epstein's suicide really a murder to keep him quiet? His former accomplice, Galen Maxwell, who did go to trial and did get convicted and did get a two-decade prison sentence, she doesn't believe that Epstein took his own life. believe that he was uh, murdered. Well, I was shocked. And I wondered how it had happened. Because um, as far as I was concerned, he was going to... I was sure he was going to appeal. And I was sure that he was covered under the non-prosecution agreement. But I wasn't in the indictment. So I wasn't mentioned. I, wa I wasn't even one of the co-conspirators. I obviously wish I'd never met him. So we had an interesting development yesterday. The Sun, which is a UK tabloid, and introduced some new photos to the Epstein saga. They reveal Bill Clinton posing with Jeffrey Epstein's girlfriend, Ghislaine Maxwell, as well as one of the people who Epstein, well, basically one of Epstein's sex trafficking victims. Yeah. One of these victims, he actually, she was a young girl. He made her dress in a pilot shirt. Epstein, Epstein not, not Bill Clinton. Let's be 100% clear here. The girl, young girl was made to dress in a pilot shirt when she was aboard Jeffrey Epstein's private plane in order not to freak people out. No, I had dinners with him. Uh, I regret doing that. He had relationships with uh, people he said 
you know, would give to global health, which is a uh, interest I have, you know, not nearly enough philanthropy goes in that direction. Uh, you know, those meetings were were a mistake. They didn't result in uh, what he purported, and I cut them off. There are people who have had social relationships with him. We've been talking about RFK Jr., who was recently questioned about flying on Epstein's plane, um, which he acknowledged and admitted to having done it on a couple of occasions. There's people like Vera Wang and Naomi Campbell who are believed to have been used by Jeffrey Epstein as inducements to get young girls who are interested in entering modeling or the fashion industry to come in closer association with him, dangling his high-profile celebrity friends. Um, there's people like the former um, prime minister of Israel. There's people like Bill Gates, who obviously has been a big part of this conversation. William Burns, CIA director. Um, Noam Chomsky, who was also in the news uh, this year. Uh, about his associations with Epstein and his kind of odd reaction to that information becoming public and on and on and on. Mr. Epstein, how long have you been sexually attracted to underage minor females? Are you kidding? Okay, so you got to know that in that entire mashup, uh, not one of those people has been implicated in any kind of crimes with Jeffrey Epstein except for Gillian Maxwell, right? But time now for me to name some names of my blue ribbon panel. Gigi McKelvey is the host of Pretty Lies and Alibis podcast. Uh, Dana Kennedy is an investigative journalist for the New York Post. Josh Schiffer is a criminal defense attorney who has represented one of Epstein's victims. And Rob Shooter hosts the Naughty But Nice podcast. He has actually spent some time in Epstein's home. Uh, these four are all friends of the show and just delightful to join me on a holiday, launching the holiday weekend. Hello, everybody. Rob, let me start with you. You have such um, high connections in New York, in Hollywood, and also in London, all the places where uh, Epstein seems to have lots of friends in high places. How many powerful folks do you know who are very nervous about what the judge did and uh, the decision to release the names? Uh, that's a really good question. Lots of people are really, really nervous and they're going to be sweating it over this Christmas while people are celebrating. There's going to be a lot of really high profile people here in New York where I am in L.A. and also in London, where I'm from, who are going to be worried that their name is going to be exposed. I think you're right. You said in the introduction when he passed away, I know a lot of people who seem to be very relieved. Now from the grave, it looks as if we're going to have more news coming out of this. We don't have that list yet, but we will have it in just a few days. Okay, and I should just dovetail that with the issue that, like, you've been to his home. You've been to parties. Is there a chance you're going to be on the list? And, and yikes, what is that? What are you going to do? Absolutely not. So the reason that I have met Jeffrey Epstein is I used to work for Naomi Campbell, who was mentioned in the clip just before we, we came to the panel. And so working for Naomi Campbell for years at Victoria's Secrets, you'd bump into him backstage, you'd bump into him at different parties. He really was prolific in New York, in high society. He had contacts with not only supermodels, but world leaders. He had a lot of money. He was like a playboy in New York before we all figured out what exactly what was going on. So, Gigi, jump in here. What strikes you uh, about the, the decision to release these names? Well, it's a list that a lot of people have wanted to see for a very, very long time. But, you know, like we saw on the clip, a lot of people went in furtherance of their charities and things like that. So not every person on that list went for nefarious reasons, for illegal reasons. 
And I think it's important to keep that in mind when this list does come out. Dana, do you have any inside scoop on on names um, who may be on the list who had tried hard to keep this suppressed or even any motions that are in the works right now uh, to suppress this release? Well, I think there is there's one Jane Doe that is saying that she doesn't want to be named because she lives in a in a foreign country. It sounds like it's sort of maybe a Middle Eastern country where there are honor killings. And she says if her name is released, she could be in danger. But Ashley, you know, I hate to be a naysayer in all this, but I, I just I can't believe I, this reminds me of remember when Geraldo Rivera opened up Al Capone's vault. I just don't think the people that are were really running these ops, and that's what I think Jeffrey Epstein was doing. I don't. I think they're so far above and they're so high up. They're never going to be implicated. I mean, we really need a congressional inquiry into you know get the flight logs and all that because I just wonder if the people that are on the list will be people like his doormen and his cleaning ladies. I mean, we've seen. We already know Bobby RFK Jr., Bill Gates, Trump, Clinton. All these people have been quote unquote named as sort of quasi-associates of him. So, you know, I don't even know if, if my name came up, and I can tell you it will not, but I'm not even sure if I'd even care, because what would I say? I could just say, oh, yeah, I have a charity. I was hoping he would give me some money. I'm not sure that in this day and age there's that much shame anymore. People are kind of, in a way, over him, even though they're very still curious about him and what happened in his whole sort of behind-the-scenes. I still think that a lot of people are terrified of having an association to him, despite the fact that a few years have passed now since he took his life. But Josh, is there any kind of exposure here for anybody? So for instance, a big important name is in the Little Black Book. It's released to the public January 1st, and the chips start to fall. Uh, Let's say the charities they run dry up. Is there any kind of, um, you know, do they have any recourse if this sort of thing happens? I think the exposure and the recourse and any remedies, like my friends are saying here, there's been a lot of time, a lot of water's gone under the bridge, and I don't think people are going to be so deeply offended as to run and hide just for being on the list. And, and I agree that many of these names are, are going to be kind of nothing burger because they're not going to be people who uh, folks are familiar with, staff members, security, advisors, people like that. Um, So what I really think people are worried about are a few specific individuals where contextually their association with Epstein back then could cause them problems now considering the work that they're doing. There are rumors about any any criminal. Yeah, but that, you know, like, I, would, I would think that if the names are there, right, if the names are in the list and, and, and they just haven't been unsealed, certainly every single investigator has had a crack at that list for a very long time. So is there any criminal action that could actually result from just this release? It, it would be very unlikely. Statute of limitations issues. But again, if someone has said something denying an, uh, an association, that contextualizing this release that could cause problems today for activities, you know, well over a decade ago. So, Rob, just from your knowledge of those who have expressed concern, do you know of anybody who has, other than the Jane Doe that Dana had mentioned, anyone else who is thinking of taking action to try to keep some of those names, preferably their own, uh, from from reaching the public domain? Because they're concerned about either they're big Hollywood people who could lose their careers, right? Because they get punished way more than the average Joe does. They lose movie deals. They move, you know, they, they lose their entire, you know, potential earning forever or big politicians or big businesses or charities. 
at the moment, there's just one person. That's all we know about is, is one person has come forward. Celebrities here, people that, that work in Hollywood, people that are at the top of their game in London and New York are really sort of caught in a little bit of a trap here. If they come forward, if they try to keep their name off this list, it makes them look guilty more so than maybe if the names come out. So I'm aware of at least a couple of conversations with people who are really involved in this, may I add, I believe in a rather innocent way. They were after his money and did not have much much knowledge about what was going on behind the scenes, but their names potentially could come up. Now, is it easier, is it better for their careers to let their names come out and then they have some explaining to do? Hopefully they have some answers. Or do they try to preempt that? And if they do do that, if they go that way, that route, then they're probably going to get some more attention to themselves. So people here feel a little bit trapped by this. I, I would push back, though. I would say that even though a lot of these names are, are not going to add up to much, just being associated with him, just being on that list, is a list that I don't know anybody wants to be on. Right. No kidding. I mean, even if you're just literally the, the cleaner uh, in, in, the, in the house or in the houses. So, Gigi, is it going to put any rumors to rest? Because there are no shortage of conspiracy theories when it comes to Jeffrey Epstein. If the list is uh, released, might it actually um, actually release someone from this mess that they've been in uh, with a bunch of conjecture? Yeah, I mean, I guess that's possible, but on, this, on the opposite side of the spectrum, if we start seeing familiar names of people that we have watched movies or listened to their music for decades, it could backfire, and just that association could be detrimental in ways because it, it's one of those things you can't undo hanging out with somebody like that. And then I think the timing of it as well could be a problem if it comes after 2008 when he you know, pleaded guilty to these crimes and, and spent some time in prison. You know, who would want to do it after that? I think that's where people could really get some blowback, especially if you're a famous actor, actress, uh, singer, that, that type of person. One quick uh, last question, Dana Kennedy. Do you know anything about the audio and video material from the private plane? There's been so much talk about where those tapes are. Do you think they're ever going to see the light of day? If they exist? If I, if I had to bet, I would would say no. I, I think this is sort of going to be, as Josh said, possibly a bit of a nothing burger. And I don't think we're going to see the stuff that really counts. However, in the New York Post newsroom, there was a name that came up that we wondered if he would be on this list. And that person, of course, is Hunter Biden. But I have no information. I have no reason to think he will be remotely part of that list. But it did come up in our newsroom on a speculation. Okay, you just threw like a massive bombshell here. <laughs> and Dana throws a grenade into the segment. <laughs> oh, Dana Kennedy, I just love you so much. You have no idea. Um, also, Gigi McKelvey, <laughs> Rob Shooter, and, uh, and Josh Schiffer. Thank you to all four of you. Merry, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Love having you on. We'll have you again. Thank you. Thanks, Ed. Thank you. All right, guys. Okay, coming up, uh, Epstein's Little Black Book isn't the only big event that we're counting down to because in six more days, December 28th, uh, the house at 1122 King Road in Moscow, Idaho, is scheduled to be torn down. That is, of course, the site of the brutal murders of four University of Idaho students. Now, whether that really happens or the house gets a last-minute reprieve, you will definitely see that here on News Nation. And coming up, a woman who pleaded guilty to planning her own mother's death is about to get out of prison. Gypsy Rose Blanchard's tragic story is the stuff of TV shows and documentaries. But in a few days, 
She is going to be free to tell her own story of horrific abuse, survival, and eventually murder. Gypsy's stepmom is with me live after the break to talk about freedom, prison, and yes, even Taylor Swift. Quick break, I'll explain next. It's one of the more bizarre and tragic crime stories of our lifetime. A tale of murder and mental illness, shocking abuse, and it ruined a young life and a couple of long stints in prison followed. In the middle of it all, a young girl turned young woman named Gypsy Rose Blanchard. She was the victim of her mother's twisted view of the world, Dee Dee Blanchard, who was a single mom who convinced her daughter and everybody around her that Gypsy Rose was almost always at death's door paralyzed by muscular dystrophy, dying of leukemia, suffering from asthma, epilepsy, mental retardation, and that is just to start. So many people reached out to help them, giving money, um, trips to Disney, even a house, all while Dee Dee, the mom, pretended to keep Gypsy alive on a feeding tube and a breathing machine. Gypsy grew up in a wheelchair, 14 years, and she was punished if she ever dared to stand up, but she could walk. Her struggle was made into an award-winning miniseries called The Act, starring Patricia Arquette. Take a look. She's got paraplegia, epilepsy, heart murmurs, and she's allergic to sugar. Everything I do, I do for her. My mom is my best friend. All she wants to do is keep me safe. Gypsy! <gasps> Have you been able to confirm the girl's medical history? Which part? Any of it. That's what being a mom is, never being sure you're doing the right thing, but doing it anyway. Not with the Children's Division of Missouri Social Services. Oh, no. Open. <coughs> Gypsy's got the mind of a seven-year-old. How old are you? Oh, she's 15. Born in 1995. I thought you said I was born in 1993. I'm just going to ask you a few questions, all right? Can you read? Do you love me? This wasn't a drama, though. This was actual real life. And in time, the truth got out that Gypsy was perfectly healthy, but her mom, Dee Dee, was not. It's assumed her mother was afflicted by the mental disorder Munchausen by proxy and was faking Gypsy's medical problems to get money and attention. At 22 years old, having barely survived a lifetime of unneeded drugs and procedures, Gypsy and her boyfriend hatched a plan to kill her mother, Dee Dee. And that's what they did in 2015. They killed her. Gypsy pleaded guilty to second-degree murder, and she got a 10-year sentence in prison. Her boyfriend got life without parole because he was the one that did the stabbing. But next Thursday, Gypsy's deal is up, and she is getting out. She came up for parole in September, and she was granted parole. A documentary called Mommy Dead and Dearest was made in 2017 while Gypsy was serving her time in Missouri. Take a look. Yes, very, very good. I really didn't think any abuse was going on. Um, it's like when you're abused, but you've lived that way your whole life, you don't really know that you're being abused. You don't know any different. Looking at the open ocean now, and it's beautiful. I knew that I was different or my life was different from other kids, but 
people thought of us as, you know, the sweetest mother-daughter family ever. The best two people in the world. What illnesses did your mom say that you had? Um, asthma, epilepsy, um, hearing impaired, vision impaired, um, fed with a feeding tube, paralyzed from the waist down, um, slow, so uh, retardation, and among other things, I just can't remember them. <laughs> she can't remember them because there were so many and none of them actually existed. Gypsy has now served 85% of her 10-year sentence, and three days after Christmas on December 28th, that's Thursday, she's going to walk out, and not in a wheelchair because she does not need one. And that's when Gypsy Rose Blanchard will start to tell her own story. She actually wrote a book called Released Conversations on the Eve of Freedom. That comes out after the new year. There's also a three-part TV series that she's been working on behind bars. It's called The Prison Confessions of Gypsy Rose Blanchard. Here is a quick preview. After a lifetime of silence, I finally get to use my voice to share my story and to take my truth. As a survivor of relentless child abuse, this docuseries chronicles my quest to expose the hidden parts of my life that have never been revealed until now. I want to be free of all of the disturbing secrets. My mother claimed that I was sick. A Lifetime three-night documentary of Ed. Gypsy Blanchard is the only victim of Munchausen syndrome by proxy who has killed their mother. I knew it was a facade. Hospital surgeries, there was, there was no end in sight. sharp scream. I will finally share my story the way that it should be shared. I was afraid that she would kill me. The Prison Confessions of Gypsy Rose Blanchard premieres Friday, January 5th at 8, only on Lifetime. So Gypsy is now 32, and uh, she's got a hell of a life already lived, and a lot to say when her freedom finally arrives next week. Don't go anywhere, because Gypsy's stepmother, Christy, who was featured in that documentary, by the way, she is live with me tonight. She and the rest of the family have been waiting eagerly for Gypsy's release. What do they have planned for her? What does she have planned for herself? And does she blame anyone for not coming to her rescue? All that is coming up. And then later on, where did all the serial killers go? You can see from this bizarre graph, the numbers are way down from hundreds in the 1980s to fewer than just 20 today. So why the big drop? And maybe more importantly, why isn't this great news? You'll find out next. In just a few days, Gypsy Rose Blanchard is set to walk out of a state prison in Missouri. She served most of the 10-year sentence for murder, and not just any murder. Gypsy Rose helped plot the murder of her mother, Dee Dee Blanchard, and she was granted parole back in September. Uh, Gypsy's abusive childhood is well documented. The misery that she suffered at the hands of a parent with a disorder called Munchausen by proxy. It drives a caregiver to make a child sick on purpose to get attention or sympathy or money. Gypsy pleaded guilty to second-degree murder after she and her boyfriend killed Dee Dee Blanchard in 2015. But on December 28th, now at age 32, 
Gypsy will be a free woman on Thursday. I want to bring in Christy Blanchard. She is Gypsy Rose Blanchard's stepmom. Christy, it's so good of you to join us tonight. Thank you so much for this. You know, I suppose you could look at this as a kind of a late Christmas present because I know that you and, and your husband Rod are really um, very, very much looking forward to, you know, receiving her. What is the plan for Thursday? Tell us what you're going to do. Uh, we're going to pretty much follow her lead, uh, see how overwhelming she gets. And it's going to be a big adjustment. But we're going to do Christmas. Got a Christmas tree. We're going to put that up. Got her so many gifts. It's, I went overboard, actually. But it's, it's so hard to describe how I'm going to feel, how I'm going to react until I'm in the moment. What does she want to do first? Oh, we're doing a spa day. <laughs> We booked a spa day. Uh, we're going to go get her pedicure, manicure, facial, haircut, colored if she wants. You know, the works, bring her shopping. She can't wait to go clothes shopping with, with Mia. So it's going to be a full day of events the following day. Maybe that night that she gets released, we'll do the Christmas with her. Let her open a ton of gifts. It's some people who are watching. I'm listening. The majority of people, I think, who've seen the documentaries and the dramatic, um, you know, presentations of her life, are very supportive of Gypsy Rose, uh, believing she's she's a victim and she suffered horrendously at the hands of, of her mother for her entire life. There are others who feel she committed a murder and and you know she was justly incarcerated. I would love to know how she feels about it. Does she feel like she should have spent time in prison? Like, where does she sort of fall on the, on the responsibility um, spectrum? We've talked about that, actually, a few times. And more or less, she said she's glad that she did go to prison because she would have probably stayed in that same pattern that her mom raised her to be. And with all the help and the classes that she took, she now recognizes that what's wrong from right, you know, she has grown so much. It's unbelievable. Christy, um, I learned something tonight I didn't know, and that is that uh, Gypsy Rose got married while she was incarcerated. Can you tell me a little about that? She sure did. Uh, She's been married for over a year. Uh, we, we support her in every way. We didn't want, I mean, we wish we, she would have waited, but at the end of the day, it's her decision. She's a grown woman and I just pray and hope it works out. He's a great guy. He loves her so much. He's in it for all the right reasons. And I think that through all of this, He's one of her biggest support systems out here. And he lives in Louisiana, which is a big plus. So they're going to live in Louisiana. And I should just mention, uh, I think his name is Ryan, and I think he's a school teacher. Do you know anything else about him? Oh, yeah. Ryan is, he's a school teacher. He's a, he loves wrestling, <laughs> if I can see, you know. He, 
He's a genuine sweet guy. I adore him. He's very respectful. He, you know, we're still learning him. We've been to his home uh, once to meet his, his mom and his stepdad and everything. And they fit in well with us. You know, it's... Well, listen, I know... I know that you guys have been really busy um, doing documentaries, and I know you've got a couple things coming up as well, but I'd really love to invite you back on the program uh, when Gypsy Rose is out and you know, be able to talk to you all as a family and to talk to her as well. Can we, can we make that invitation and seal the deal tonight? Uh, I guess we'll just figure it out and see how she does. You know, I, I don't want to make a promise that I can't keep, but I'm sure she would like to, you know, that y'all have that one-on-one and get to know her and she could tell a little bit more of her story. Yeah, tell her story of, of her new life. Um, Christy Blanchard, thank you so much on this Friday night right before Christmas for being a part of the program. Uh, it's good to meet you and I'm really appreciative of this. Merry Christmas to you and your family. Merry Christmas to you too and hopefully we'll talk soon. Okay, well, I'll bet on it. All right, thanks so much, Christy. Coming up in just a moment, back in the 80s and 90s, hundreds of serial killers roamed the country stalking their victims, but now there may be fewer than a dozen. The graph is the question here. Why this massive drop-off? After the break, I'll ask the man who literally wrote the book on violent crimes in our times why he thinks this may not necessarily be good news. What? That's next. Are serial killers nearing extinction? I know that is a strange question considering the significant role they play in our culture. They're on the web and the news and books and TV shows and movies. But the fact is, there are way fewer serial killers out there now than there were a decade ago. Possibly the fewest on record. Take a look at the graph. It was brought to our attention by one of our super fans. Thank you, Joan. Keep them coming. Uh, But this was created at the University of Michigan, and you can see, back in the 50s, the number of serial killers was pretty low. But then it spiked in a big way in the 80s and the 90s before plunging back down in the 2000s. One study that was in 1987 uh, showed there were 198 active serial killers roaming the U.S., and that is the most on record. But in 2018, there were just 12. The number of victims also fell. In 87, there were 404, compared to just 36 in 2019. Not that 36 isn't an unacceptable number, but but why the decline? A few ideas have been floated. After decades of media saturation, people realize that they'll be caught, so they don't try it. (laughs) Or maybe investigators have gotten so good, they're catching would-be serial killers before they have the chance to kill multiple times. There are also big advancements in mental health care, potential serial killers getting help uh, before acting on their impulses. Or could it be something entirely different? I'm joined by Dr. Gary Bricado. He is a clinical psychologist and an expert on killers of all kinds. He's also one of the creators of the Columbia Mass Murder Database, the largest study ever done on spree and mass murder. Okay, Dr. Bricado, the first question I have for you is why uh, that graph to me says, great news, but to you, maybe not such great news. What is it about it that isn't great news? Well, first of all, uh, one of the reasons that's been posited, as you mentioned, for the decline in serial killers um, is the advancement in technology that is uh, permitting people to catch these offenders earlier. But the part that's left out of the narrative 
is that serial killers are learning um, to do things that get around uh, those technologies. For example, what we're seeing in uh, research, uh, for example, at, Bo at Boston College, is we see an increase in crimes in which there is a total mutilation or dismemberment of a body, uh, sometimes even to the point of eliminating things like teeth and tattoos, even burning of bodies, because there is an understanding that there's a need to outpace the, the technology. Uh, the second thing that's important to understand is, is that as that graph sort of declines uh, at the turn of the, of the current century, um, what you're also seeing is a massive increase in mass murder, particularly by, by firearm. Uh, it's almost as if uh, serial killing declined and mass murder in increased uh, at precisely the same time. And so one of the questions that, that has to be asked is, is, this a, is there a cultural element to this? Now, when we look at that graph, the attention is being focused on the, uh, the time when serial killing declined, but we could just as importantly look at the time when it began to increase. And um, there is a myth that serial killing has occurred, you know, pretty much the same rate all across history. But the truth is, is that it was really in the 1960s uh, that we started to see an explosion of sexual homicide, repeat homicide, which is the bulk of what we call serial killing. And that continued until the turn of the last century. Uh, that's what inspired, uh, for example, the, the Behavioral Science Unit to begin to ask the question, why are we seeing this increase? One idea that's been put forward is that it represented a sort of backlash uh, on the part of certain brittle working class men out in the community against the freedom that women were beginning to um, uh, develop and, and uh, receive from that period onward. And there's speculation that there may be a cultural element to why you're seeing a decline in that. So it's all very interesting, uh, but, but I think we have to ask the question about the entire hump. Why did it begin in the 60s and begin to transform into mass murder uh, sometime around 20 years ago? I knew you'd have the answer. Dr. Gary Bracado, thank you so much for being on. I really appreciate it. I'm going to just say happy holidays and let's uh, leave this on a more positive note um, by, you know, best, best for you in the new year. And let's hope numbers oh. come down in all aspects of killing. <laughs> Same to you. Happy holidays. All right. Thank you so much. All right. Coming up next, uh, it all comes down to this. Last night, I asked you to vote for your favorite fictional Christmas criminal. And we got hundreds of responses across Twitter. I still call it Twitter. I know it's X, but it just doesn't roll off my tongue. Uh, also, Facebook and Instagram. Did you pick Hans Gruber from Die Hard? Hans Gruber. Um, or did you pick the Wet Bandits from Home Alone? Or maybe somebody else? We are going to crown the ultimate Christmas crook when we come back. Hey, this is News Nation's Chris Cuomo wishing you and yours all the joys of the Holy Day season. Everything good for you and yours. Please, may you enjoy the gift of good cheer this holiday and all year long. This is Chris Cuomo wishing you happy holidays from News Nation. Action! When I grow up, I want to be a director because they get to talk to everybody about everything. They get to make cool movies and dance music videos. If your child is sick over and over again, it could be PI, a defect of the immune system that affects millions. Early testing can give children a chance to dream. And when I'm a director, I get to say, lights, camera, action. For more information, 
visit the Jeffrey Modell Foundation at infoforpi.org. That's a wrap. <laughs> My name is DeMar Hamlin. I play for the Buffalo Bills, and I play safety. CPR saved my life. I've teamed up with the American Heart Association as a national ambassador to help create a nation of lifesavers, turning bystanders into lifesavers through CPR education and access to AEDs. Nearly three out of four cardiac arrests that don't happen in hospitals happen in homes. Join me to ensure everyone has the chance to live longer, healthier lives. Visit heart.org slash nation. I see you finally got a new helmet. I did. Spotted cheap online. <laughs> <laughs> Follow me. We'll turn off here. I'm right behind you. Watch the cars. They can be crazy. Patty! No! Are you okay? Somebody do something! Was this young man hit by a car? Yes, and his helmet is smashed. It's a brand new helmet. It's probably a fake. Fakes cause real harm. You're smart. Buy smart. Brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council and the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. Over the years, you've brought them into your home. You were prescribed opioids after the C-section and after dad's back injury. They helped when you were in pain, and you held on to them just in case. But did you know holding on to unused opioids puts your family at risk? Trouble with opioids can start at home with unused medicines, such as pills, patches, and syrups. You can remove the risk and protect your family. Find out how at www.fda.gov slash drug disposal. There's danger out there. It lurks on highways and quiet neighborhood streets. It's more likely to kill you than a shark and more terrifying than the biggest snake. Distracted driving claims lives every day. Every notification, swipe, social post, video, or selfie while driving risks your life. So while you might think public speaking or the zombie apocalypse is scary, what's really terrifying and even deadly is distracted driving. Eyes forward. Don't drive distracted. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Thanks for listening to News Nation on the go. I'm Connell McShane. Join me weekdays, 3 to 5, on America's fastest-growing news channel. Elizabeth Vargas reports. Weeknights at 6, 5 central, only on America's fastest-growing cable news network, News Nation. To find News Nation on your screen, go to joinnn.com or stream News Nation on Apple CarPlay and Alexa. I'm Naheem Hines, proud supporter of the Muscular Dystrophy Association. My mom has muscular dystrophy, and the MDA helps her and kids like my buddy Ethan. My name is Ethan, and I'm 12 years old. Thanks to the Muscular Dystrophy Association and people like you, I have more hope than ever before. And MDA funds over 150 care centers for kids like me. For over 70 years, MDA has been transforming the lives of people living with muscular dystrophy, ALS, and related neuromuscular diseases. Learn more at MDA.org today. I need to file my tax return right the first time. How can I be sure to do that? Doing your taxes yourself? Using e-file is the best way to file an accurate tax return. Mistakes can delay your refund, so spend an extra few minutes making sure you can file an accurate return the first time around. Avoid common errors by spelling all names correctly and using correct social security numbers. Double check your bank account numbers for direct deposit and double check your math too. Oh yeah, don't forget to sign and date your return. Farming is dangerous. There's dangers all around us. We go through safety training and try and do these things to make sure accidents don't happen. You don't want to hit a gas pipe because that's your life. The other part of it is if you hit certain things, you're liable for it. Farm Safe 811 starts with you. Always call 811 and wait for any underground lines to be marked. Always keep safety in the back of your mind. Just stay humble. For more information, go to farmsafe811.org. 
Uh, granted, we have crime on the brain around here, but really a surprising number of classic Christmas movies involve crooks. There's Harry and Marv in Home Alone, Hans Gruber in Die Hard. And um, no, I don't want to debate whether Die Hard is really a Christmas movie. There's, of course, you know, those who believe it isn't and those who do. And don't forget The Grinch. Grinch is a real, you know, high one on my list. Uh, so many others as well. And the point is, we wanted to know which Christmas crooks uh, are tops on your list. So last night we conducted a poll on social media, and you all responded in a really big way, so thank you for that. We've been tallying the results all day, making our list and checking it twice, and now we have our top three Christmas criminals. But before I do, some surprising honorable mentions. A lot of you picked Gus the burglar who takes the couple hostage in The Ref, which is a cult classic that might be more popular than we actually thought. Uh, Scrooge got a lot of votes too, but just being mean isn't a crime, so it's not really that he qualifies. Um, also, another surprising pick, the jolly old elf himself, Santa Claus, because as one voter, Patrick, pointed out, he commits millions of break-ins every single year. <laughs> Good one. And as popular uh, as those picks really were, they were no match for our top three. I don't think we have a drum roll. I'll just make one up. Uh, third place, Hans Gruber, Alan Rickman's robber from Die Hard. Side note, Rickman also got votes for the heartbreaking philanderer that he plays in Love Actually. Uh, as a voter named Lashana said, how are you going to do Emma Thompson like that, man? Lashana, I love you. Uh, in second place, the Wet Bandits, the bumbling thieves played by Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern in Home Alone. Fun fact, in the second movie, they changed their M.O. and became the Sticky Bandits. You can take that to the Christmas table. And then in first place, the ultimate Christmas criminal, the Grinch. Dr. Seuss wrote the book back in 1957, and since then, the crook who stole Christmas has wormed his way into movies and stage plays and, of course, TV as well. And I don't want to drop any spoilers, but unlike those other guys, the Grinch actually redeems himself in the end, which may just be why so many people voted for him. Before we go tonight, um, my husband's sister, Regina, sent us a Christmas card. This is such a weird thing to do on the news, but I get a lot of cards, but I have never, ever seen a card like this in my life. Are you ready? I'm going to open it because it actually opens in a 3D way like this. And then the most amazing thing about this thing is that it actually lights up and it plays music. So go to the tight shot and let's, let's light it up and I'm going to play the music. Can you believe this thing? Here, let's play it again. This is just like, so cool. I just love this so much. I just love it so much. Okay, it's Hallmark. It's not an ad, trust me. I just could not believe. Like, there's even windows on the side. You can peek in at Santa and all the rest. Like, holy cow. Just fantastic. Fire's burning. Oh, man. Love it, love it, love it. Thank you, Regina. Really, really loved it. I have one more note uh, before we head off to the Christmas weekend, and that is this. I love that you guys watch this show. And I really feel like we have this great, like, true crime bond. We're this community. We're on Facebook together, and then we do this every night. And um, it's a conversation that we have every night. On the other shows on this network, like Dan and Cuomo and Vargas, and they're so great at what they do. They're, they're so unbiased, and they're doing 
doing something in this space on television and in cable news that nobody else is doing. They're actually doing what we're supposed to do, and that is non-biased, centrist presentations, okay? It's hard to find that. If you go to the other news channels, you're going to get an echo chamber, and it might be fun. <laughs> Feels great to be reassured of your opinion, but it doesn't make you a better voter or a citizen or a person. So as you go to your Christmas celebrations and your Hanukkah celebrations and any other celebrations over this holiday, all I ask you is this. Just tell your families and friends that you watch this network and ask them to join you in doing it because that's a Christmas present in itself. Mwah. Love you to bits. Cuomo's next. Hey, how you doing? I'm Chris Cuomo. It's the Friday before Christmas. I'm going to talk at you a little bit uh, tonight. I hope you're okay with that. We also have breaking news, and I'm going to get you that. We have some interesting angles. And uh, Steve Garvey, uh, the big baseball star, is running as a Republican for Senate. Why are both parties happy about that? So they're big things, but I do want to talk at you a little bit. Uh, first, uh, j- just